Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Uh, rather than give you a big long intro on Tacticam today, I'm just going to let the podcast do the talking. Uh, we're talking with uh, Rudy Nunez from Tacticam. Um, just a little bit about the company, our relationship with them, um, some of the benefits, and uh, a lot of hunting in there. Rudy's got a pretty interesting story as far as he, how he's got into um, uh, hunting uh, and his position with Tacticam. So, um, real good conversation today. Really, really like this one. Um, just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you and give a big shout out to our latest Patreon, Austin Levine. Austin is now in the running for the Traeger Pro 575 uh, pellet grill with Wi-Fi. Uh, we're giving that away as part of our quarterly giveaway uh, to our Patreons. We, we give back um, to them uh, with quarterly giveaways, uh, usually a big ticket item. And then we're also giving away a Tacticam solo package. So you hear a little bit about that in the podcast, as well as... Uh, uh, base map pro package and a uh, swag pack from them and if uh, you haven't checked out base map you can check them out uh, really awesome gps mapping uh, software uh, very inexpensive uh, it's 30 dollars for their pro for the year that gives you all the features everything um, and if you haven't checked it out you can go check that out with base map and they have uh, free gear drops so they give away um different gear every week um, by teaching you how to use their app basically and uh, they do that all for free and you can check that out just to go to um, basemap.app i believe but uh, if you just google basemap mapping um, that'll come up or basemap huntfish on instagram and uh, you can use lowercase chronicles for 20% off of that so it makes it like $24 for the entire year that's cheaper than one uh, state of some of the other mapping softwares that they've got out there. So um, definitely check that out. So uh, what Patreon is, is basically a crowdfunding um, thing for uh, creators like our podcast. It helps with the overall cost of hosting and uh, it allows us to do some pretty cool things as well as um, do our giveaways and uh, do some of the logistical things that we, that we do with the podcast. Um, so, Austin, make sure you go and check out our uh, Bullhunter Chronicles Opportunist page. That's where we post all of the links to all of our Zoom chats and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, where, where the podcast and things will come out first. Um, so go check that out. Uh, but if you're not into the Patreon thing, and if you are, if you're interested in that, if you want to win the grill uh, or you want to be part of those chats and, and sit down and kind of have a, a be part of this community that we're building uh you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash born chronicles podcast but if that's not your thing no big deal we appreciate everybody that listens all that we would ask is if you like what we're doing um give us a review leave us a review on uh whatever you're listening to this on you know five stars one star two stars who cares um just leave us a review so that we know what we're doing well and, and how we can improve and uh, if you take something away from one of these podcasts, uh, share it with somebody else. So let somebody else know, um, you know, that you're listening to us and that maybe they want to check us out. Really do appreciate that. Um, but overall, you know, thanks for listening. You can follow along with us. We've got some pretty cool hunts coming out on our YouTube page. We're trying to build that up. And uh, we've got uh, Ernie's hunt and a little teaser of John's hunt. And I've been sending out some some videos of uh 
the stock that I put on. And so all of our Patreons have already already checked that hunt out. But you can follow along with us on Instagram, Facebook, as well as our YouTube page. Uh, thanks again for listening. I know you're going to join us on this episode. So Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Um, tonight we have Rudy Nunez from Tacticam on the line uh, doing another one of these Zoom COVID crazy podcasts uh, where I just get to make fun of John and wait for his reaction with a couple second lag. So uh, that's <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to talk a little bit about um, you know uh, our relationship with Tacticam, what, what we're doing um, how we've utilized them, what, what the plans are, uh, some of the products coming out in the future. Um, but first, let's let's talk to Rudy and uh, hear a little bit about his story. He's got a pretty interesting story as far as the way that he's gotten into hunting and uh, how he ended up with Tacticam and all of that. So um, how you doing tonight, Rudy? Hey, Adam and John and fans. I'm doing pretty good, man. Just down here in southern Arizona trying to keep cool. And so far, the COVID thing hasn't really affected us too awful bad, but we're managing down here. <laughs> yeah, rough place to be quarantined, right? We've had Yeah, it's not. Go ahead. I'll say we've had what four inches of rain in the last two days. Oh. The roads are flooded. It goes from seventy degrees to forty degrees to I mean, it's just absurd. And then our, our governor shut down the whole world as far as everything. Can't do anything. Got to wear a mask everywhere. You can't for a while. We couldn't use a boat. We couldn't do anything. So we're yeah, it's a tough place to be. Interesting, strange times right now. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, still not working from home, trying to hunt together as a group yeah. and film and all that stuff. It's been uh, right. it's been interesting to say the least. But yeah. uh, kind of what a four truck show up. <laughs> small private spot to hunt turkeys is pretty crazy uh it's just all in a day's work for us so uh so yeah let's get a little bit of uh of your story rudy like as far as you getting into hunting your your hunting style and uh and kind of the whole the whole backstory on you yeah so you know i grew up kind of doing the fishing thing Uh, my dad wasn't really a big hunter so I, i really didn't have anybody to guide me down that road um, but when, when I was, I was stationed out in North Carolina, um, in the army and, um, I ended up getting, sustaining a pretty bad wrist injury, almost lost my right hand and working with some wounded warrior groups and, and foundations and stuff, um, helping wounded warriors like go to that, you know, hunting, camping, hiking, doing that kind of thing, uh, where they can kind of realign their spirit and stuff like that. Um, I ended up coming, uh, in contact with a group called, um, uh, KWO. And what they would do is they would host, they would host wounded warriors. They do like a three day fishing, hunting slash, you know, archery deal. And a good buddy of mine named Kip, he said, Hey man, you know, we're going to go ahead and get, get you a bow. I said, no, don't worry about it, man. I'm just here to kind of enjoy the festivities, drink beer. And, um, but he said, no, you know, we're going to put a bow in your hand. He's like, look at these other guys with missing limbs, missing arms, you know, look at them. They're not saying no. They're not saying that they can't do it. So, you know, really that's what started it for me that weekend, uh, really dialed in, um, my bow took it back to Maryland where I was living at the time. And every night I was just shooting and it really got obsessed with the stuff. So I ended up uh, doing a lot of research online and, um, 
I think that was April, May, June, July, August. By the September um, that year, I killed my first buck. So, I'd say you're you're well ahead of lots of people, um, myself included. Um, <laughs> at that juncture, I didn't kill my first deer with a bow until I was twenty, I think. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'd been hunting, you know, and and you know, one of the things that I liked about this podcast is getting to talk to different people about, you know, how they've been brought up. And I personally, at least if I were to have a, like a graph or been keeping track, it seems like the people that are older or adult onset hunters or whatever are more successful or more, I don't know. What, what would you think, John? I mean, we've, we've talked to so many different folks. Well, I think it's a different focus. I mean, once they get like, as an adult getting into it, you get your mindset like, okay, I'm going to go out and figure out how to do this and do it right. Like when we started, I was 12, and my dad was like, all right, go sit in this tree stand and, you know, shoot at a deer when it comes by. But yeah, that was... For an adult to start, yeah, especially now with all the different resources, you know, we've got our podcast, got, you know, all these YouTube, you know, videos that help people. I mean, how did you go about uh, putting your, you know, archery into into the hunting situation? How did you go about uh, self-taught? I, of course, I had some buddies down in Virginia that, you know, gave me some good pointers, um, just spending time with them. And really, a lot of videos, like you mentioned. And really, that was really before the YouTube and the social media craze was real huge. But there was still good content out there. And in fact, that year, 2011, that's when, that's when I first started. I was 29 years old. Um, I think I killed four or five deer that year between a couple of different states, all archery, um, tree stand stuff. So that's how, that's really how I got my start. I used to just keep my tree stand like bike chained in the back of my truck. And if I was driving through some of that rural country, I find something that wasn't private, man. I'd just, I'd just hang stand, hunt one or 200 yards in and just learning things, you know, now I live in the Southwest and, and, you know, I had to relearn how to hunt mule deer, coos deer, long range stuff. So a lot of rifle work now, but, but, um, that's actually how I got started filming because all watching all those YouTube videos and stuff really inspired me on, on wanting to document my hunt, film it. You know, it, it's one thing to tell a story. It's another thing to show somebody a picture, but it's another thing to, to really bring them in that moment and say, check this out. Look at this bull scream. Look at the way that buck was rubbing right before, you know, we, put, we let the air out of him. It's just, and I was using just a, a little 720 Sony cam. It was cumbersome. I was terrible. I made some cool stuff, though, back then, so. <laughs> Still working on that. <laughs> yeah. It, and you know what? It's funny because filming, hunting's hard enough already, you know, but adding that extra element of making sure that, you're on target and you get it on camera. You know, I, in fact, I, I hate to even say it, but there's times when I let an animal walk because I, I wasn't sure of the, if the shot was going to be, you know, on camera and stuff like that. I don't do that anymore. That, that that's happened twice to me. And I said, never again, <laughs> you know, that, that cumbersome pieces, uh, John's the poster boy for that. He gets all my hand-me-downs and then he, uh, I say, take this and film with it. And he goes, wait, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then 
Uh, he's so funny because he gets so frustrated with things. And then I got to talk him off the ledge sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've carried a muddy pro arm that's about seven pounds for, what, three years now? Mm-hmm. Three seasons? This, this would be the last season for that. I've already got something in store for you, John. I've got something to hand you down. Don't worry. Um, I'm about ready to make my own. <laughs> but, uh, so starting that journey and all of that, uh, you know, not being uh, from, I guess, the hunting background and, you know, the time frame prior to social media and all of that kind of thing. Um, how did you end up with Tacticam? I think John will like this story. But how did you end up with Tacticam? in the, like the capacity that you are now, you know, cause a lot of people would just say, well, I want to be in the hunting industry. I want to make money hunting that I want that to be my job. And, you know, so we're talking to you, you adult onset hunter late in life. And then you end up now you're working for a hunting company and talking to guys like us. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started back then. That's when like the hook was set. Um, let's fast forward to 2017 um, I kind of put the filming and hunting thing, uh, the filming thing down for a while because it, it was just too hard out here with the wrong equipment. And so anyway, I drew my first Arizona bull tag for uh, archery. And I, I kept thinking, man, I cannot go on this hunt. I don't know if I'll ever get drawn again um, for a bull. So I said, I got I got to document this. So I, I got online, started researching this before I was ever affiliated with the company um, and then ended up finding Tacticam. And I said, you know what, that, that looks like a cool camera. It's right in my price point. I was hoping to pay. And um, so I ended up buying it, going out that year, called um, called two bulls in, one for my uncle, one for one for myself. So we doubled up that morning, about a half an hour apart, um, and documented most of that trip. So that bull walks in, 35 yards, mid-grunt. He's just, woof, 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 draw back and just, you know, put one right, right in the 10 ring and all on film. And so I ended up submitting that to Tacticam's website, just thinking, man, wouldn't that be cool if they run it like on the Facebook page or something? Then the communication director reaches back out to me and was like, man, that, that's one of the coolest videos I've seen. He was like, you ever thought about joining, you know, a team program or something like that? Um, I said, you know, I never thought about it, but, you know, I'll take a look. So that's how, that's how it all started, you know, and, and there's a stigma with pro staffing and what, what guys' motives are for, you know, joining company, is it free gear? Is it because one day they want to be, have a show? You know, I think everybody kind of, once you lose that uh, notion that you're, you know, you're going to be successful and hunt for a living, you know, um, it starts to go into perspective. So you start to just say, okay, I'm going to start little, you know, start a little Instagram page, little YouTube page, that sort of stuff. Just document what you do, put it online. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it, but I was working hard for the company and, and I really enjoy the company. Um, it's a great team, small company, still small enough to care. Um, and you know, one day I ended up getting a call from the CEO said, Hey, you know, we're, we're opening up kind of a, a different, a marketing, uh, position for the film through scope system. You're out there in Arizona, you're in the West, you do the long range, you know, some long range shooting, um, you do the desert hunting, you know, we think you'd be a good fit and that, and really the stars aligned. So I don't, I wouldn't say that my story is typical. But, you know, I can tell you that just never, just never let, you know, always stuck to it. And just the main thing was that hunting state of passion and that I always try to improve myself and surround myself with people that would make me better. Yeah. So, you know, for, for us, you know, myself, 
I don't know, probably for the last, it's so hard because now with having the podcast, it seems like we, doesn't it seem like we've been doing this forever, John, or we just started like somewhere in the, in the middle there. Yeah. Like the last two years have just like whizzed by, like this is just like normal now. Um, so, so trying to figure out like when I started to try to film, um, was kind of, it wasn't like I'm going to have a show or anything like that, but, um, I think with the podcast, I don't know if this is, this is more of like a controlled environment. So to retell your story and have it to be, you know, to be able to, I guess, go back to it or whatever, share it with people uh, is another way to do that. But, um, you know, so trying to film hunts has probably been like three or four years now. And I suck at it. Um, I mean, after four years, five years, now, however long it is, like I'm getting better and I feel like we're really making some strides, getting some kills on film and getting some cool video. And I think that that's one of the, one of the more fun things about it is like, it doesn't have to be like a, a kill, you know, you could, I mean, we've seen, you know, um, bobcats and foxes and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff that, you know, like you said, like you can tell somebody, or um, you can show them like how really cool like the experience was, but you know we've tried and the frustration sets in, and then you don't want to bring the camera, or you you know you don't turn it on, or you're burnt out and you don't do that. So we tried that for like I tried it for a couple of years. Then we started the podcast. I gave John cameras and said, "All right, we're going to do this." Try to get my father-in-law and and uh, his hunting partner on board. Yeah, they were going to do it. Never picked up a camera, never did anything the first year, nothing. And uh, they're the ones, I mean, that hunt, they're retired, so they hunt more than anybody. They hunt, they fish, They. I mean, they do everything. And it's like, if you guys, and they're freaking hilarious. They're like two old women that bicker back and forth. So to be able to, to get them to kind of capture that, you know, we tried and tried and tried. Last year, they filmed uh, a hunt that where they missed a turkey. Um, all well, of our... Uh, we started, yeah, we started filming with Adam's first season, and I was actually uh, filming it the, the day of the situation, and I ended up losing a glove. And I'm like, we had some birds going. I'm like, all right, you guys, we're going to move up to the next ridge. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go find my glove before I you know, can't find it. And so they start heading off. Well, I gave, the, I gave the camera to Ernie. And so you can say I went, by the time I got back to that spot, they had already moved up and the bird was on them. And I hear, end up hearing Adam shoot. And then I hear some more call and the bird's still gobbling and everything. So apparently Adam missed, but then, we all meet back up at the truck later, and Ernie's like, oh, yeah, I got it all on film. No. There was, like, 20 minutes of footage, and there was, like, 20 seconds of bird. Most of it was, like, zoomed in on a tree, and, you know, it was just, that was, like, the beginning of but, their, uh, uh, yeah. Well, we still, have, you know, yeah, we still, I, we still experience that, too, because just this last mule deer season, my wife was out. We were sitting in a water hole in Arizona. <clears throat> She had the tech cam, FTS, and everything hooked up. We had some wide angles. Um, I'm sitting there with her for hours and hours and hours, from dark until, like, 11 a.m., 
maybe like 12, 12 p.m. You know, I get up finally to go take a leak, walk behind the berm, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, boom, and like my wife, I, I, you know, zip up, run back, and my wife's like, there was a buck, a buck. I think I shot it, you know? And um, so the funny thing is, is that that one moment I stepped away, you know, the buck walks in, she has like two seconds to make a decision. She ended up missing the buck, but, you know, we, we luckily we got it on film. She hasn't let me post it yet because, yeah, Tech Cam Films the misses too. But, you know, it's one of those things where, man, it always happens that way. Your camera's man's not in the right place or funny angles and stuff like that. So it, it can be a challenge. Well, so these guys, I, I've been planting the seed in their head for years, you know, the, all this time, all this time we're doing the podcast, everything I'm saying, like, you guys need to do this, you guys need to do this. So then they get the camera, the two of them, and they film this debacle of a miss. And, you know, I mean, the camera turns on, they, they got pre-roll and after effect, but the camera turns on, pew, the arrow goes and it's shoots him right through the tail feathers and the turkey's still standing there. He broke John's cardinal rule of have another arrow ready while they're fumbling around. The turkey takes off. And, and so they, that kind of got, once I posted that video, they kind of got like, Oh man, but I, I'm not carrying a camera arm, blah, 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 blah. So this last year they did this giant, tour you know the one guy retired the other guy you know frank's been retired so they hunted missouri for i think they were there for 10 days and then they did a seven day hunt in nebraska and so yeah we're gonna film it this that and the other thing nothing no cameras no anything never turned on anything one of the guys down there had a tacticam and uh ended up shooting this deer poorly and they they got to review the footage. The guy's like, I think I hit him. It was good. It was the last rib. You know, they put it up on the big screen from the tech game footage. Nope. Shot him in the, in the guts. So right. there in my father-in-law missed, like there's lots of deer stories and they're always huge or, or whatever. But my father-in-law and the outfitter claim that this is a booner that he missed. Like it was like a 12 point, you know, big, you know, he's been hunting, I don't know, 60 years, I don't know, right. 55 years, biggest deer he's ever seen, blows a chip shot at 25 yards. No video whatsoever to show for it. And now they've got this experience with this Tacticam, like, oh, how cool is that? They come back and they're like, we got to get Tacticams. It's going to be the greatest thing, you know. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. We can, we can do that. Cause I just want them to film, you know, that's my, that's my motivation. So if I can get the, I can get you guys to start doing this. Great. So we end up at ATA and John and I do our thing. We see our friends, we go and we had some podcasts and some, you know, companies, whatever to talk to. And uh, one of the guys from tethered, we were sitting there talking and uh, he is saying, oh, you know, they, they get to talk to my father-in-law. He's a talker, Frank. And so he's like, you know, we got all these, I got all these tact cams. I run five of them. You need the fives. And so while we're doing our stuff, these guys spent hours at the tact cam booth, picking their brains, talking to everybody. Right. And so, so then we, so then John and I went back over there and we got whatever information we needed, but we also got beer 
And I think that that's <laughs> one of the things that. <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that, by the way. <laughs> it was from the booth around the corner. Uh, uh-huh, it was okay. this giant grizzly cooler of beer. And I nice must plug. have been grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it, it's, it's just to carry on that, man, I, went, I ended up not going to ATA. This was actually my first show season, being an employee. So I kind of worked all the West Coast shows. Did get a go to shot show and a couple other ones like the Western Hunter. Uh, but man, I heard I heard ATA this year was was pretty darn good. So you know, it's hard for us because what ends up happening is we I feel like we fall into like a niche um, where we are not really gimmicky type stuff and so there's a lot of like redone respun new camo pattern or just like little tweaks or, or things like that yeah. um and so i wouldn't say that we've got like a full-on complete system and we've got it figured out but it's definitely getting to the point where like i know what i i like and i know what i'm going to do and so i really feel um you know, we, we go there and it it's really about more of seeing our friends than it is right. um, like seeing the, the products to like some degree. I mean, John, what do you what do you think? I mean, I'm uh, so what's funny, you know, I'm obviously if you go back through the however long we've been talking, it's been me talking, me saying, hey, John, what do you think about this? When you get John at ATA with people that are like minded and that like are nerd out about archery stuff. Cause like John is like, I don't know. John's like a, a B, a B plus student. Uh, when you get into the, the floor at ATA, like there's like some freaking real super archery nerds there. Yeah. Um, and so like John's asking questions, you know, and they're going back and forth and it's really interesting to see. So, I mean, what do you think, John, do you go there and you think that there's like, cool stuff or or like uh yeah i mean well like our first year yeah that was like we're just going to check everything out and see all the people and and then you know now that like this year is more about you know meeting back up with the people that we've met in the past and you know kind of catching up and having some beers with them and you know there's there's a few things that i guess that you know that are new that come out there but for the most part, like bows and everything, are they're already been out. You know, right. there's like no new releases really, except for this year was, you know, obviously with Dudley going to PSC last minute and he released the, you know, MTN bow. But yeah, it's, I think it's more of just kind of catching up and getting, getting to meet people that we've talked to face to face. That's another big thing too. That, you know, yeah. And, and, really and, and shoring up those relationships that you've made, you know, kind of, kind of circling back right yeah yeah, yeah that that was my show experience this year too being my first one <clears throat> you know shot shows a different beast there's three or four floors and you can't I mean, you have to every day dedicate to a floor if you want to see everything I, I was in the booth most of the time um but luckily at some of these other shows i had a chance to get out and network and you know part of what i do is marketing and and you know going out shaking hands and marketing myself because if i call on somebody and say hey i'd like to collaborate with you you know i'm very new to this game very new in this industry on this end and it's like you know just trying to build a little bit of credibility and rapport with people but like you said john it's like 
you know, instead of going out there wide eyed and looking at everything, now you have like strategic destinations and meetings you're doing and people you're linking up with. So I'm really looking forward to next year's show season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we go over there and, you know, get all the details on the tech cam and, and whatever. And then, so we get back and they're like on me, like, Hey, so what about the tech cam? Hey, 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 I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. Like if you're going to use them, we'll, we'll figure something out. So, um, I reached out to a few people and then I ended up talking to, to Rudy here and he says, yeah, yeah, I think we can, I think we can do something with you. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at. We've killed two turkeys already on, on camera and, um, use the tacticams. We were using them more on a, like B roll, um, use, um, simply because we were hunting in a blind and so john had one on his stabilizer and the video that we got from that was just the inside of the the blind you know it wasn't up above the the window but ernie had one on his head we had one pointed at frank we had one and while he's calling that's that's actually pretty cool he's uh in a like the full ghillie headdress so he looks kind of like Hagrid from Harry Potter, if you're familiar. <laughs> yeah, I got a little nerd in me too. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so uh, once when we got a hold of you, there this is like kind of when all this stuff was going crazy um, with China and everything. So your supply line has kind of been like you know because I've been trying like feverishly like no matter where to get one of the wide angle cameras because i think probably the best setup and especially the best setup for those guys is going to be a wide angle above them and one on their bow or on their head so that they can capture whatever and then it works with the with the remote um so let's talk about the different products and like kind of like what you guys are experiencing when we can you know kind of get back into some semblance of normalcy product all, all this uh, stuff that you guys probably have to have a meeting every morning about <laughs> you know it, it's no different man uh, every every company's kind of feeling the crunch one way or another it's interesting that you brought up the wide angles though and uh, and the different filming styles because the cool thing about tech cam is that you could either run it as a primary or you could run it as some really cool supplementary get those angles and i think we're really doing a good job of <clears throat> educating people that want to film and stuff just how versatile it is to have two or three wide angles if you have the luxury of having a couple and and so like you said you can run the five five point oh's up to five five point oh's with one remote and so the five point oh if if some of your listeners have never even seen our product line we're a six-year-old company um our cameras have come a long way in those six years so now we're true 4k image stabilization boring 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 details um uh, frame rates are adjustable and um, mounts to almost anything that you can that you can put it on. And we design and fabricate our own mounts. So one of the most important thing is if you're going to film, I mean, you, you want to mount to your weapon system. The best camera in the world is worth nothing if it doesn't do that securely. So that's one of the the issues people always report. There's not good mounting hardware out there, or we have <clears throat> we use another camera and it really gives you that fisheye bubble effect so that bird at 20 yards actually looks like 100 yards away 
So those are one of the, those are a few of the key features that we tried to correct. Um, and they've done a real good job of that. The Tacticam can go from three to eight times zoom, um, with just a simple press of the button. And so how you said your father, who was it that the, the older fellows that were hunting yeah, with yeah. the Tacticams now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how are they doing with that? I mean, because you, you always hear from some older guys, it's like, well, I'm not very techy. And well, you don't have to be. You mount it, you press one button, it records. Let your grandson edit the video or something, you know. Yeah. like this, uh, The stuff is stupid simple. So the <laughs> that hunt, well, both the hunts that we've had success on, and the one is up on our YouTube, um, there was five different cameras four different cameras on that so when you give it away to edit to somebody it's like come on like are you kidding yes um uh but yes uh so for them like we've got it set up and you know they don't understand like how anything works you know so there was a big thing of okay you have to hook up to the Wi-Fi of the camera and they have to hook up and I don't so John is the one that was dealing with the Tacticams at first so he hooked up the remotes and um, got that situated and then to the the phone you know they're like they're in the app trying to hook up to the Wi-Fi and I'm like no you have to go into the Wi-Fi on your phone it's like I like need like a a laminated card that says right step one step two yeah but i like i said i I've, i told him like straight away i'm like unless you're trying to see what that camera is looking at don't mess with the app don't mess with anything just hit the button and make look on there and see if the numbers start moving if the numbers start moving something is recording so like last year you got nothing so something is going to be better than nothing and then we'll we'll go from there and um i I honestly like for those guys you know however they want to get them set up and however we we figure out what's going to be the best way to do it um so one of the podcasts that we listen to um guys that we've had on here and talk to them in person whatever um, but are the Redneck Tech podcast guys, and they are um, Copen Creative, and it's Caleb Copen. They film for these big outfits, you know, the red cameras, you know, twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars cameras, and all the stuff. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he always talks about is uh, running a point of view camera or a DSLR in their world um, as a safety angle. So something where you're going to know that it's recording and it's going to catch something if everything else fails. Um, and so for those guys, you know, I still feel like even like a Tacticam solo or something on their bow, like where it's tactile, like they push the button and it, it turns on and you don't have to worry. Did the remote click on the cameras right. that are every which way? Um, something like that, because you can while you're editing weave a story around whatever you got right there i mean we we talked about you know frank's deer if he would have had just even like 40 seconds of you know the the deer the shot the miss 
you know, you can do a, you know, a cheesy, not in the, in the real moment, um, interview style, like what happened right. here. And, you know, you could, you can make a story around something and I'm sure we've all seen, you know, bad outdoor channel shows that are, that are like that, you know, they've got no more than, you know, a few minutes worth of footage. And then the rest of it is all the BS filler and, and stuff like that. But, but yeah, so for those guys, you know, Frank, when he was calling, you know, he's running a full video camera with a remote and reaching over and turning on the tacticam, looking at it, talking over here, calling, do you know, going yeah. back and forth. And after, like I said, after last year's hunt, they, um, we're pretty pumped up about it and being able to see like what they, what they got and being able to share that. And so now, I mean, he came back and that day, I mean, that day was cool. Cause we came back, watched John, uh, watched all the videos. John, John and I went out and hunted and, uh, you know, we were, we were all set up with turkeys 30 feet above us and that's how close we got. Um, <laughs> See, I love the reactions. Like <laughs> a little too close to the roof tree, <laughs> but but so you know we're we video that one. They they video it and they're all pumped to show us all these different angles and they want to see it from every which way. And then we all go four trucks deep, and you talk about like what happened with you and your wife. You know when John killed his turkey, he's in one tent. I'm in a tent next to him. Frank's. 10 yards behind us and then his buddy ernie is five yards to the right of him and basically the turkeys ran right past them and you know so trying to get that shot on three different turkeys in on the decoys trying to figure out which one john's going to try and shoot at and all this stuff i mean those safety angles could have been key we right coordinated it and got it on the big camera but i mean and those guys are like just ecstatic because they've got something to show for, right. you know, what, you know, for the last four years that they think that they've been doing, but which actually it's been, we've been, John and I have been trying to video stuff and they've been saying they're going to. Yeah. And they actually had one or two of the tactic cams with them behind us, but then they're like, they forgot to turn them on or they right. didn't turn them on. Something happened. But yeah, and so you you were asking like about how they're they're working, you know. So the question, so Frank killed a turkey on Wednesday, what uh, Tuesday on Tuesday, and um, they had the tactic cams, and this is part of it is John and I's fault. So it's 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 our fault because we we're not very good at filming, and now we've got good footage, we've got good video. So I dumped it on my external hard drive. I gave the cards to John to dump onto his computer, but we never cleaned them because we were like still nervous. And so the cards filled up and then th those guys are fiddle fumbling around saying, how do I get all this stuff off of here? It's just buzzing. These are, I don't understand. Like what's going on? Well, yeah. Well, on the, the last day that Frank and I hunted, he's got the tactic cans. He's got two of them. One in the tent with him and one outside shooting. And uh, I'm sitting outside calling and filming with the big camera. And I'm like, 
and we had a big bird come in, just ended up coming in. It was only like 10 paces from me to my left, but Frank couldn't see it in the tent. So I'm trying to film, you know, and anyway, after the birds, the bird goes back out and we keep calling it. And it was like a 40 minute deal. Well, finally I'm like, I can hear Frank's phones vibrating. I'm like, Frank, turn your freaking phone off. Who's calling you? He's like, and then, but he didn't even, he ends up getting on his phone and he's like, hey, you know one calling me? He's like, Adam called early. I'm like, well, turn that damn thing off. Well, then, come to find out, it was the tactic cams because the cards were full and they were like, yep. he's like, then he was like, I can't get this thing to turn on. Or, you know, I'm like, well, we'll deal with it when we get back to the office, you know, and then, then he's like, I figured out what the, he's like, it wasn't my phone vibrating, it was the tactic cams. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know those, those 128 gigabytes are the, are the best bang for your buck, man. You you can fill up a 32 pretty quick, especially if you're running in 4K. Yeah. So we've got um, and I, you yeah. know these 64. Yeah, I, I got 64s because we've got a a solo also, and I think it'll only go up to 64. So right. I just bought one that'll run in all of them because I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know where these guys are going to land, how many cameras they're going to have, what they're going to want, you know, so. And again, it, it, they're asking me about this stuff, and it's like I, I'll, I got it. It's okay. I, I've, you know, but they're like, well, what ones do we order? And I'm like, don't even try because if you don't get the correct write speed and all that stuff, you're gonna end up with nothing. And right. I don't that I don't want that. Um, so, um, yeah. The, but altogether, not too sharp of a learning curve. No, and you no, know what I mean. And, yeah. Once, once. Like, once we got him to, like, all right, push the button. Like, Ernie's, Ernie is a little, he's a little more savvy than Frank. So he did, like, he hooked up to the phone and, and he was testing the, the head, you know. And he actually got, you know, he got the shot on camera, on his head cam. And, but then he, like, he moved a little bit. But, and that being in the tent, like, for bow hunting, for, you know, like, white tail hunting, it's going to be a, it's going to be perfect for those guys. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you, the the hardest thing to teach and the hardest thing to learn is to make a great video with POV camera is you want to get that animal walking in, the shot, and, of course, the flop or, you know, the runoff, the die. So the hardest thing to teach is is staying on after the shot. You got emotions going, you're pumped, you, you know, <laughs> adrenaline, you're cheering. And then, of course, archers that always learn to, you know, they're good, have that good follow through. You know, it takes takes practice. So, like the number one thing I would say to people who, who are doing POV um, filming, weapon mounted, is just don't wait till the night before your hunt to try to hook that system up, and then take it out the next day. It's just like your rifles, just like your bow. Mount it, get out there, film, go back at home and to your computer and watch it, because you'll learn right. things. You know, it's also yeah. a teaching tool. And see, like I was, like Adam was saying, I had detect cams. I had it all set up on my bow, and I actually went out and my, I have a bunch of test films in my yard, in the tent, but then I didn't take into consideration, like, when we were out, when I killed my bird, I mean, I had my camera on and, it, you know, got the footage, but it was, I was sitting a little bit lower, like, the ground, the layout of the ground, and so the camera was, like, right at the edge of the window. 
And so it was just, and then I did the same thing. I ended up taking two shots at the, at the bird. And then at that point, I was like so hyped up. And then I was like, oh, the camera's still rolling. So then I pick up, <laughs> I picked up and I'm like pointing my bow out the window and trying to get some footage. I'm like talking to it. Right. But so yeah. there's some of it will be salvaged, but we like, yeah, and we're. We were talking earlier about, you know, just filming in general. I mean, no matter what you use, I think one of the hardest things to capture for, for people to produce is to capture that experience, capture the emotion. Because, you know, kill shot, kill shot, kill shot. Yeah, you'll get some views and people will like it. But I think nowadays people are thirsting for content and, and more just, a, you know, more personality in those productions and stuff. And, and you see like a lot of you, like a lot of social um, influencers or social media guys that do it real well you know really take you on that journey and you feel like you're part of their hunt you're part of their life you know is the kids running in the backyard on friday and sunday afternoon we got you know big elk coming around or something and those are the kind of stories that i think for me i'm okay at editing i'm very new at it um but like you said earlier adam once you got four or five cameras rolling and you're like man i got some great footage now you got to go back and sort it and timeline it and all that stuff. I think that's kind of where some people get hung up too. Um, but the elk hunt that I did in 2017, I did a 13 or 18 minute video on it or something like that. And I did it with one 4.0. And just like you were saying, John, you know, talking to it, you know, getting some B-roll, morning coyotes and all that kind of stuff. And it came out to be a pretty darn good video. So not to scare people off and say, you have to have five or 10 cameras to make a good production is get creative, you know, start, start filming on the way into the hunt, you know, on the way out, that kind of stuff. And I tell you, once you start doing it and, and, you know, editing it, it's going to start flowing pretty well. Who does your guys' editing? I do everything. Do you? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Adam dropped off a computer to my house and it's got like eight terabytes of hard drive memory, but the the uh, graphics card is just a little bit dated and yeah. actually, and I had, I downloaded the DaVinci uh, Resolve mm-hmm. and actually I came and now I, I tried getting in it and I, I edited like a perch video, a cooking video I did and after that, I don't know what happened if it's ate up all the memory, internal memory of that or what, but I came and I'm going to delete it and re-download it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is totally what happens is I give John all this old stuff and say, go ahead and make, make it work. I know you can do it. And I, I, I know that John will be a great editor if he doesn't implode. Um, because it, for the amount of editing that sounds like that you've done and, and for me, and especially when I was starting out, like you'd get, I get all the way through like my timeline and then like something would happen and I'd lose like half of it. And it's like, I just spent three hours. Like I, so funny story, uh, like I haven't posted it yet. I posted it in our Patreon group, but I edited this video of Frank in his Hagrid suit. So it looks like he's dancing because he's telling the story very animated back and forth and I edited it to music. So it looks like he's dancing. I think it's 16 seconds. And I think it took me 45 minutes to edit. Right. Um, to get, but it's, it's pretty funny, 
but yeah. you know, and it's, it's those types of things where if you've got a, a short fuse or a, a temper that the, the computer will not fare very well, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the computer I'm working on right now, it's been through a lot of actually the, the CD, the old CD drive won't even open because I punched it. So <laughs> I lost my temper with it. So this, uh, we didn't talk about this before, and we are not your guys. I'm not the. We are we are not volunteering for this or saying that we could do it well. Um, but John and I have talked, you know. So I don't know if at the shot show or any of the shows that you've been at, they have a film festival. Badlands does a a, a film festival, and uh, John and I have talked about a bunch of cool ideas because a lot of the videos and uh, we're probably jaded. Um, like I said, because of, of talking with Caleb and, and getting his very, very, very jaded take on the Badlands Film Festival, a lot of the videos that are in there are very similar. Um, or they fit a certain um, mold. You know, they got to pull at your heartstrings. They got to do this. They got to do that. It's got to have all this cinematic stuff. It's got to look a certain way. Personally, I think one of the coolest things to do would be to shoot the whole thing with a single camera. Like I, my idea or what I think someone would do would, you could show like some incredible creativity or something is if you were able to shoot it with your phone, you know, because that's something that everybody has, you know, so something that would, you know, you could do that. But like what you're saying is, you know, if you had the ability to shoot an entire film like that with, with a Tacticam, with a, Oh, you know, I don't know, going through the line and, and I'd like you to kind of go through and, and talk about like, you know, what, what you guys offer in the different cameras. Um, but because some of them have, you know, minimum zoom, like you can't get just to like a one, one power. Um, so some right. of, some of your shots might be difficult and you'd have to become extremely creative, but I think that would be really cool to see somebody take something that isn't, like I said, a $20,000 camera or something like that. And to be able to create something very raw, you know, a, a, not well, I mean, if it was raw, then you might lose the point of the thing. If you were to shoot something like somewhat incredible and do it just out of creativity, just from the the shot angles and, and the way that you could you could frame it, you know. Um, I think you could do that with some of the 4K stuff because you could get your landscape and you could crop it however you'd want and it'd still be, be good enough. But um, I think that would be pretty cool. But going into that, so what are the different Tacticams that are available right now? And what are their, like, you, you talked about frame rate, magnification, stuff like that. Is it adjustable, et cetera? Yeah, so our, so our entry-level camera is the Solo. Um, that's going to be your beginner's camera. Very, very cost-effective. I think you can get the camera and three mounts for like $149. You find them at Walmart and stuff. Now, that's it doesn't have um, – it has Wi-Fi, but it doesn't have zoom or any image stabilization or anything like that. doesn't make it a bad camera, though. As a matter of fact, that's one of our best sellers. Um, the 4.0 was discontinued last year, but you can still find them on the market. 4.0 had um, three to five times zoom, didn't have image stabilization, wasn't Wi-Fi compatible. 
Um, and then our 5.0, which is our fl flagship camera, which we released in 2018. So it's still our number one camera. Um, that is again, 4k three to eight times zoom image stabilization has all the bells and whistles that you're going to want. We actually, matter of fact, it's, it's, um, it's, it's live, they are live streaming capability. They have the technology, you know, um, but Facebook shut us down. You know, they, they kind of put us in the, in the gun category. So, you know, you're not able to live stream right now. So we're, we're currently looking for another platform to kind of be effective on there. It's just a very smart camera. So those are our three camera options. Um, and of course we have a wide angle as well. So our wide angle is 170 degrees, um, has some zoom capability. And that's really what we use for like the selfie stuff inside the blind, uh, you know, on the tree over your shoulder, really getting those, um, those angles to kind of build depth and add layers to your, to your, um, production. But I think really what changed the game last year, uh, I guess it was this time last year was our film through scope system. So up until then, it was a lot of shotgun, um, crossbow, direct mounting. But when we built that film through scope system, it allowed you to attach it securely to the eyepiece of your scope, now film out in 4K to 1,000 yards or beyond. Now, there's some other stuff out there, and they have different mounting options. Um, but once you mount the, film, the FTS, it's not going anywhere. So you got your Western guys who are like mountain hunters. They're rough on their gear and stuff. It's not like you're going to, you know, take a fall and bump that thing out of zero. So it's very durable and um, you can still use the digital zoom. So like we have guys that are shooting up like 1500 yards beyond with that system. And so with that, is it, um, are you able to hook that up? Because the, the next question is going to be, can you hook that up to your spotting scope or something like that so that you could, you know, you don't have to be pointing a weapon at you know, wherever, if it's off season or. Yeah. So, so that one doesn't work with, with a spotting scope. The good news is this year, um, come June, hopefully June, if we're on, if we're on schedule, we're releasing a 4k spotting scope camera called the spotter LR. And it's going to be its own individual unit comes with a, a couple different sizing collars. Um, and it's just a quick snap design has an LCD screen. In fact, it's going to replace, uh, you know, having to sacrifice your phone using other type of mounts. But, you know, it's a very small, small unit, very light. Uh, don't know if this one has bat charged batteries, but this one has four times off, four, four time uh, digital zoom. And it's just a quick snap design. So when, so once you're out there, you get on that bull or your target, you just quick snap it in. And there's, there's no messing with like the eye release or anything like that. Just do a quick focus. And now you're recording in 4K. So that's a product that we have coming out um, this summer, as well as a fishing camera. So really, you talk about Tacticam, what we're trying to do is we want to be the one-stop shop for preseason, season, postseason, and everything in between with our product line. And, and we're getting pretty close to, to having the whole year just, you know, covering all seasons. So Now, I know John was pretty excited about the the fishing camera when we were um when we were at ata and then when i started talking to you it was like you know and that's one of the unfortunate things i feel like with with ata and going is like it gets your hopes up for a lot of stuff that's not quite ready yet you know right so what's the i mean the that uh the fishing camera what's that this is the fish eye right or something like that 
It's the fisheye. Yeah. So, so your tacticams are, are weather resistant. They're, they're IP66 rated. So, you know, anything that you care to hunt in, no problem, but you just can't submerge them. So this fishing camera we have coming out, is rated down to 30 feet. It's going to come with an adjustable lens, 90, 120, and 170 degrees. Um, it's going to have like a, it's going to have a loop feature. Um, so you can just be fishing all day. You can hook external power to it. You know, as soon as you bust a bass or something, then you mark it on your camera and it's just going to save that segment. You're not going to worry about burning, like, you know, having 10 or 15 SD cards with you because it's going to be really efficient, you know, for those all day, you know, sits and stuff. Will that one, um, will that hook up to like Wi-Fi also then? That's going to have Wi-Fi. Um, it has its own, it has its own app. Um, and actually, matter of fact, we just launched the social media page, uh, maybe about a week ago or something. I think the fit internally, the official launch was on Tuesday. Um, although we, we, we did give sneak peeks, you know, throughout, throughout the year. And, um, so we're really excited about that. And then the, um, spotter LR is going to be coming out late June. So we, you know, it's really busy summer for us. We really appreciate all the support, man. We've just had a lot, you know, our Facebook page is going crazy. Our Instagram is going crazy. Um, we're getting a lot of guys that are just really starting to believe in the brand and, you know, say, hey, you know, Tacticam sports outdoors. We last year we raised 500,000 for NWTF alone. So we do we do a lot of conservation work and stuff like that. And we want to be your camera. You know, we want you guys to trust us as, as a business. And um, not only that, the product's outstanding. So. Uh, one question, like when I when I hooked up to the app, there was a couple times where it like kind of froze up. I don't know if it, I ended up having like take the battery out. And then, are you guys working on like an update, or, or maybe I missed it? But there was it seemed like there was a couple glitches in the app. Yeah, just 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 like your phone does a does an update, you know, periodically. Um, if you go into that app and you just you know you can do the firmware update you know, through the Wi-Fi, we recommend doing that, you know, periodically, usually on techcam.com will tell you when a new firmware, firmware, um, you know, an, an update comes out, but you, first thing I do, like if I get a new one in the mail, uh, when I, when I order them, you know, I'll, I'll just run a firmware update right then and there just to make sure. And then of course, like you mentioned earlier, making sure you have the right SD card, you know, when you're working with 4k files, you have to have, uh, you know, a high class at micro SD, so we all we recommend the you the ones that be a class ten or better. I always say at least shoot for a hundred you know megabytes per second or better, but make sure that has a U three symbol on it. That way you're going to ensure it's going to be able to handle the, that big of a load. So that, that the, the number one customer service complaint we get um, for like any type of malfunctions is because of using inferior SD cards. Yeah, that might have been because I pulled a. One of the older cars when I was in there testing. And it, that was like during the, I was trying to do the, the feedback or whatever, and it kind of froze up. So, mm-hmm. that might have been well, and then with the app, you know, you could always sometimes, you know, you, if there's any issues with like the pairability, I just unpair and pair back again, just like mm-hmm. my, my headset or my Bluetooth speaker or something. Sometimes I just got to go through that cycle again. So, yeah, I am like, like I, I mean, what I outlined, you know, for Frank and like that safety angle and just being able to just hit the button. Like I am young, 
I'm a younger person, um, but I hate like technology. Like my wife's car that I got is like I, when I when we went and got it, I was like, I don't want any bells and whistles. I want nothing that's going to go wrong that I have to fix. That I'm going to have to say, honey, what's this light? Why doesn't that? Why does my seat move? Why do, you know? And so that's kind of like what I feel about like connecting with the apps and like stuff like that. One of the things I like about the Tacticam is you push the button and it buzzes. John, I mean, you and you can turn that off. You can turn you can turn off the lights and stuff like that. But for like, especially for Frank and those guys, like you push the button, it starts blinking. You get a something that's tactile that shows that it's actually going. It that it, I like the light that's blinking in that regard because you know that oh shit it's still on right like like john like oh <laughs> but messing with the apps and all of that stuff is like i've messed up enough filming to know that like you got to hit record and when you think you hit record you didn't and 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 all of those sorts of things and then trying to translate that to you know, not that I'm a, that we're experts or by any means, but the people that have are just starting out, it's like, oh my god, like I got everything, I got everything. Like, okay, we'll, yeah, we'll find out. If you're not worried about frame rates or anything like that, you can probably go two or three seasons and never even sync to that app because yeah. you could just take that SD card out or just use that you know USB port right into your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say because the with the 5.0, if you want to start messing with the frame rates. Then you have to do that through the app. That's yeah, and for your tech savvy guys out there, you know, we do um, 15, 15, 15 frames at 4K is really good in low light situation, and you can preset those three modes to to whatever you know customize them. But we go 15, 30, 60, 120, and 240 frames per second. So there's a little bit of everything. You know, you have you have um, obviously your low light, your highlights, and then depending on the movie quality that you want or you know, if you're doing winged game and stuff like that, you probably want a little bit faster frame rate, so you're not getting that blur, that lag. So, you know, there's 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 a lot of things that you can adjust. It's got some advanced features um, to meet a lot of needs. So. Now, did I did am I understanding you right that you can can you adjust that on your computer if you hooked it up through the USB? No, you, so okay. that one for that you'll have to okay go through the app. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, that's a, those guys can figure that out. I know that. <laughs> like, that would be great. Um, yeah, you know, so like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see what this, this whitetail season brings. Like I said, we've, I don't know. I, I think last year was awesome in the fact that, you know, we, we did a lot of video. We had a lot of opportunities. We got, you know, a bunch of cool videos and stuff like that. And this year for turkey season has just been amazing as far as like what we've been able to capture on on video, um, let alone you know, you know, shooting these birds. I mean, right, John, you know, the that first morning I got the birds flying down out of the tree in the dark, and you know, John's, I I don't know, was that one of your more exciting hunts, the one with Frank when that bird was ten steps away? Oh man! Well, that was ten times more exciting than my hunt when I killed my bird. Like I'm sitting outside, I'm sitting outside the blind. And I just have a little cloth, you know, one of them pop up stake lines, and it it barely came up to my waist. And I'm sitting up against 
the blind. So, and this, these birds come in, and like I said, 10 yards, 10 paces from my, and he's sitting there strutting and drumming, and I'm like, he can hear me breathe, I swear. Like, the camera, you can hear the camera. I'm sure you can hear me like, Right. Do you see these birds? And he couldn't hear me, but they never. And I'm wearing my hack suit though. I did have my hack suit on, so I swear to that. I mean, because I'm sitting out literally in the open, and I, and I was turning my head a little bit, and I had a hat on, so there's definitely more movement than I've I've had them bust me a hundred yards away, and just by moving my hand, you know, back when we used to hunt with guns and stuff. You know, run and gun and get against a tree. And here I'm sitting, you know, probably eight yards from this bird out in the open in a chair and I'm like moving the camera on him. And he came in and then with three jakes and then a hand come from the other way. And that's the bird that Frank seen. He didn't see the other birds until well, they circled out and got out in front of us by where the hen came in at. Then he seen but they're at like 40 yards at that point. So I was definitely pumped up on that. And yeah, that Mike and Hex team are, are using Tacticams this year, so we are really excited about seeing some real close-up stuff out of them. They've already been posting some stuff so far and some second-angle stuff at the decoys and just having fun with it. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot of tech. We've talked a lot of ins and outs. It's, it's just fun. If you're not having fun, you know, it's not worth it. But to me, there's, there's nothing better than obviously hunting one. But second, going out and getting that, that footage, man. It, it it's just makes it that much more rewarding. Now, on the five, um, it's got image stabilization. Is there a setting uh, or a frame rate that's best for that? Or is it which one does it work best on? That, so the image stab is going to work best with all, all your frame rate settings. That's going to be for your shotgun, your bow, anything. But when you're using the, the 5.0 inside the FTS housing, um, you want to turn that image stabilization off. Otherwise, through the scope, you'll see like an, a reticle float is what we call it. Okay. Um, that's just the image stabilization trying to compensate. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple, couple ins and outs. But you guys, you said you're going to be using on um, crossbow. Here soon, possibly to get yep. that FTS system going. Yep. Oh man, that's going to be cool. Yep. So a crossbow and a, a shotgun. I, I mean, I, you know, my wife, she's like, "You, you can't film me. I'm not. I'm not going to be using a bow." And I'm like, "It doesn't really matter." I mean, she doesn't even own a bow, so just getting her out there and, and hunting, and right. uh, you know, turkey hunting is the greatest gateway drug to hunting, and it. It's not, you know, it's so funny because, you know, my wife grew up in, in, in a household with Frank and wasn't excited or invited, I guess, uh, to go hunting. And, you know, so it's now it's a, it's a thing to go and, and do with her dad. And she's like, I could never shoot a deer, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mind shooting turkeys. And, <laughs> but there's a lot of breakfast pizza and, you know, oh, yeah. all, all especially sorts. now that she's seen the, Lieutenant. Yeah, she's You're having coffee and snacks and tent. Yeah, so so when we um when we started turkey hunting, there was no blind, no anything. Everything was run and gun. Everything was, I mean, 
And so as I think I learned a lot bringing my wife hunting about how to hunt with a kid. Um, Just in a sense is I was like really hard on my wife. I was like, stop moving. Like you you can't be doing that. You can't be doing this. And it, it somewhat sucked the fun out of it, you know? And she's like, I don't, I don't want to go, you know, I don't care if I shoot a turkey or not. She did. She's, she's killed a turkey before, but, um, and she's been there when I've shot turkeys, uh, hunting with us too. Um, but now that I've got my daughter and like we've, when, since we started bow hunting and it's like, we get in these tents and it's like, you can do whatever you want to. John was eating a sandwich right before he shot his this year with a bow. So... (laughs) It's not like, you know, and my wife was like, we can, you can have coffee and you can just sit there. Like I'll totally go turkey hunting. So it'll be interesting to see. You guys draw any elk tags this year? Um, yeah, I got my general tag for Montana. Yeah. And the plan is, uh, so myself, Frank and Ernie are, we're all headed to Colorado. So Good. You know, assuming that travel is allowed by, September, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll be in, I'll be in Colorado archery in September, I believe, or maybe Idaho, but you can't mount cameras or anything electronic on your fire on your firearm platforms in Idaho. So I'm gonna have to get real creative with head mounts and stuff like that. But and then I ended up drawing a first time um, drawing a New Mexico rifle tag in October up in in Unit 51. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it sounds like that's gonna be. I mean, my dad hunts with a rifle still, and he's killed a bunch of a couple elk with a with a rifle, and it just it's like a I don't know, kind of like the my thought process with a lot of the stuff that we do is you know maybe you got to get a couple under your belt, and uh, but he he has not had the rifle the the elk hunt that John and I had when we weren't successful. I mean, you right. know, to go out there and be you know, in a shouting match with an elk, you know, and then trying to figure it out. You know, it's just like, I mean, that's what gets us with, with, with the bows is I feel like every, every animal that I see with the rifle, I could kill it. I mean, you know, and and that's obviously not true. I've missed deer, you know, multiple times, you know, things don't ever go, go right. But it seems like with a bow, I mean, like our turkey hunt from last year, everything can go right, and then you can still mess it up. And I think that that's what that's what keeps us coming back is that love, hate, frustration, right? Type uh, type scenario. So as far yeah, as I can talk, I, I'm sorry, I could talk elk all night. So we're gonna try to <laughs> save that one for another. You guys, it sounds like you guys got bird brains, man. I, I've never killed a turkey, but dude, after that elk I killed in 2017. I'm like, man, I'm I'm 38 now. How many good elk years do I have left in me? Oh. Maybe 20, maybe three. I'm like, I'm not going to miss a season anymore. I'm going to take advantage of those over-the-counter tags in September and and try to draw, you know, rifle and try to try to hunt elk twice a year. So that's my goal anyway. Yeah, that's a, well. I'm the same. I mean, well, Adam too. After you know, we did our 2018. We we hunted Idaho with the with the and then it just didn't work out for last year. Uh, we were supposed to go do a, uh, like a Western a short trip and go after antelope in mm-hmm. South Dakota, but my back was out, and so we had to cancel the trip last minute. But 
So this year, you know, health permitting and this whole, you know, lockdown stuff permitting, we'll be heading back out. Yeah. So the turkeys are just a, a gateway for us. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Just to get things started. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, you know, John quit uh, turkey hunting for a while because, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up turkey hunting with my dad. I mean, that was little back, back when we started, you, it was probably every two to three years you'd get a tag because there were so few turkeys and they were all like north of here. And, I mean, we didn't see turkeys around our house ever. Now we got flocks of them. I mean, now we just yeah. hunt, you know, five air, five miles down the street, you know, here, night and that. And so, and kill them with the gun. I mean, we got to the point where, you know, I killed a bunch of birds and, like, all right, well, and then I end up killing a nice bird with my bow. And, you know, that was, I chased him two years with my bow. And then when I got one, I was like, all right, and then had other things come up and I quit for quite a few years. You know, you know, elk bugle will put a chill down your spine, but man, I've hunted turkey and, and I've been pretty close to turkey and there's nothing, uh, man, just to hear a, a, a just a nasty gobble. <laughs> break like a hardwood hardwood bottom it'll, yeah. it'll send chills down your spine man Tur- turkey hunting's fun and in fact it's hard for us down here in arizona because we either have to drive north um or we have, it's really hard to get a tag down where i'm at so yeah, we, we just don't have the luxury of doing it every year um but yeah i, I mean for me it's it's kind of one of these things where it's again that that challenge and so you know, that's the, you know, they say that there's the parallels between the, the elk and, and turkey, you, you know, just because it's a visceral experience where you're calling, listening, calling, moving, right. you no know, doing whatever. But, you know, as, as we talked about a little bit before the podcast, you know, just in our ramblings, um, you know, my father-in-law is a great turkey caller. And so trying to learn how to call turkeys and like, figure them out and that is that chess matches you know kind of kind of what 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 i like about it is that challenge and you know i've i've not killed one with a bow um but that with a gun uh, maybe it's the amount of birds over here maybe we're maybe i was taught well um on how to find and locate and you know make somewhat kind of turkey noises that make them come to you but it i don't know it seems arrogant to say you know well i could just kill them with a shotgun it'd be so easy but right i mean i think in the last couple of years we've proved that we can get them in range. The bag. <laughs> we get them in range um so you talked a little bit about getting into um bow hunting john always has a a segment at the end of the show, I can't nudge him or, you know, any of this stuff, you know, and last time I asked the question, he's like, you took my question. I don't say anything all night. And then he, you take, you take my so, question. <laughs> so my question to all of our listeners, except for one is what's your, uh, archery setup right now? What shooting? Yeah. So, uh, so I've been since 2011, I've been shooting a Botec Insanity CPX, um, 70 pounds, uh, use a true, use a true ball, uh, fang four hinge, you know, jaw release. 
um, shoot carbon express, Maxima reds. And, um, I was, I was shooting, um, I was shooting that kill zones for many, many years with great success because they fly great. They're durable. But that elk I shot in 2017, as a matter of fact, when, when those wings deployed, it's a rear deployment system, um, snapped both of those blades off. So, um, when I recovered that arrow, I was like, man, only about, only about three quarters of an inch actually passed through the vitals of that elk. So I said, never again. So I ended up switching over to kudu points, 125 grains. So that, that's my bow setup. And then of course I run an old, uh, Cameron Haynes edition, um, spot hog seven deadly pins haven't haven't made the switch over to a slider quite yet a lot of my buddies are telling me to do it but uh yeah seven yeah. pins are better off with seven pins than slider. it works for me man i mean my 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 setup is literally 10 years old or you know nine years old and and I, every year i'm like man i'm gonna buy a new bow this year and i can't justify it because it's still shooting well say well that cpx was a great bow i mean i love it that's that was actually the bow I was gonna get the CPXL, you know, the bigger version. And then I think the Bowtech boss came out. And I I wish I would have found the CPXL instead. But, I mean the the boss was a good bow, but just didn't care for the drops like that. Yeah, I mean with the arrow setup I have, you know, it's perfect for elk. I mean, it's only about three hundred feet per second. I'm not a speed demon. You know, but I mean they're it's hitting with a lot of energy and now, you know, out to 50 yards or so, I, I put it up against anything, you know. So. You know, talking about this, this, not to go down the rabbit hole, but the, the slider sites, uh, my buddy that's going out to Montana with me, I set him up with a bow last year, and he's like, what site? I'm like, well, just get a five-pin site and just shoot with it and get, you know, get used to your pin gaps and stuff like that, and then we put into our tag this year. He's like, I think I want to change to a single pin slider. I'm like, no. Well, that's just too much stuff. I'm like, first of all, he hasn't shot since last like fall. Right. And uh, I'm like, you need to just shoot every day and get used to those five pins. I said, because if you go to a slider and say you have it set for 20 or 25 and an elk comes in and then, you know, they easily, I mean, that, it only takes a, few seconds for them to go out 10 yards. Yep. And then, then what? Are you going to guess and, you know, okay, I need to put the pin on the top of his back now or a little bit higher. Well, that's when you start shooting, you're used to five pins. Now, you know, you got three pins in the vital, you're good. Well, that, in that situation, you're still gap shooting. So moving to the slider just became yeah. irrelevant. Seems. Yeah. And then, then you only have one pin to, to deal with. Right. And, or we've done this how many times? Like, like if we go do the total archery challenge, we usually shoot uh, a single pin slider. Sure. And then you say you shoot eighty yards, and then you go off to the next one, and it's only sixty. Oh, I forgot to move my pin, and next thing you know, it's over its back. Well, I've heard too many horror stories about guys doing that with their sliders and you know real animals. And right. blowing a shot, or that just happened to uh, Joe down in uh, Ohio last year. I got one of the guys that uh, hunts with a hunting beast, and up sent an arrow right through his horns. <laughs> because really? Had, yeah, because he had his the night before he set his pin at like forty yards, and yeah. forgot to switch it back, and 
monster buck comes in and shot away the horn. So heartbreaking. Yeah. Lesson learned. That's right. Yeah, it just goes back to whether it's you know one of the things that is kind of like a common theme in our our podcast is just knowing your equipment. So it doesn't matter if you have the highest end bow or the brand new one. Sometimes, like as John's you know kind of alluded to here, that can be a detriment if you're not familiar with it and you don't know you know those pin gaps and you know you don't or you don't remember to move that site. Um, but if you've you know we've talked to enough guys that have you know, the oldest bow setups ever that killed giant deer um, or, you know, they're just consistent, but they have a a system. And I think that that kind of goes right back down to uh, filming or anything like that is, you know, with the, especially with these new guys that are getting into it. And uh, as we've kind of, um, I guess, outlined with Frank and Ernie, it doesn't really even matter your age. You can be new at something like no matter what, uh, picking it up and it's just being familiar and being getting that to be part of your routine. And I think, um, yeah. you know, by using the, the tacticam, I think it makes it a pretty easy um, transition, uh, especially for guys that are new and just starting out to, to start to put all those pieces together to, to, to try to, you know, like I say, you know, whether you're trying to just review that shot and, and look at that hit and, and kind of say, well, you know, what really happened? Do I got to give them some more time? Or you're trying to put on a full-on production. Um, you know, you can certainly uh, do all that, you know, kind of kind of seamlessly. It's kind of a s- smaller learning curve, I think, by by doing it this way. So, you know, I just right. uh, really looking forward to, like we said, uh, getting into whitetail season and kind of yep. – getting out, getting out of the tent and getting to uh, kind of utilize uh, some of this stuff. Um, you know, so where I'll, can, I'll definitely not to cut you out, but I'll definitely be using the tactic cams heading out west because I'm going to be using them for the most part. I'm going to hunt my way out. And, you know, like I said, Adam is going to be with Ernie and Frank in Colorado. So yep. Definitely the 5.0 on the, yeah, we got to get you guys some wides here soon too, because that, that those are game changers, man. You know, telling that story and building those layers. So, yeah, for I mean, like I said, I've been I've been looking on eBay, I've been looking on Facebook, I've been looking everywhere, and it's like if somebody's got one, they're not giving it up, and they're not available, and it's like it's very apparent. So yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like they're in man. demand. So, so. Um, yeah, and, and I like I said, that's. I think that right there, that, that wide is what hooked Frank and Ernie as far as like being able to, you know, and, and, you know, obviously when you're at the shows or everything, like you guys have the best of the best up there as representative of like what you can do. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, it's, it's pretty much, um, everybody's capable of doing it with, uh, you know, because these aren't, you know, you're not adjusting the setting. There's only so many settings that you can adjust. So, That's right. you know, you can, you're, you're only limited to your creativity. Now you're taking the camera out of it and saying, okay, you've got this. What can we do with it? How can we, how can we tell a good story? Um, and that's one of the things that I really like about it. So, um, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time here, even though it's a, you know, time difference and, you know, everything gets kind of, kind of screwy, but, um, 
but yeah, I do appreciate it. Where can uh, everybody follow along, you know, with, with all of this, you know, for the, the film through scope, uh, the tact cams, you know, you, t- you mentioned some of these different uh, Facebook pages and stuff like that. So where can everybody follow along with that? And if they want to get a hold of you, if they got questions, uh, how do they do that? Yeah. Tacticam.com. That's our website. Guys, we have a lot of footage on there, a lot of how-tos, tutorials for those learning. Um, Facebook, Instagram, we're starting up a YouTube page. Um, so we have a lot of, and plus we got a, we got customer service, um, that handle inquir- any inquiries you guys have. You know, you, you have a question about your camera or you want to know about it. Give us a call. You know, somebody's going to answer. We're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that, that you're good to go and you have a great experience with Tacticam. So. Awesome. Well, I think that's kind of all we got for this evening. So, like I said, I just appreciate you taking the time with us, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, big things to come. Yeah, I look forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Sit down.